Welcome in to the Just Joshin Podcast. This is your host, Josh, and I am here for you, Joshies, this week. This is the podcast for the International League of Super Acquaintances, and man, we are coming down to the wire. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way. Uh, Hope all of you are able to spend time with family. You're able to enjoy some of the football games. You're able to have maybe a little bit of turkey. I don't know if you like turkey. Hopefully you get some dark meat. Um, in the most appropriate way possible. Uh, yeah, and that you just have a great Thanksgiving, that you're thankful for many things. I know tomorrow, me and my wife, we're going to get up, we're going to go, we're going to run a turkey trot, and then we're going to be preparing uh, <laughs> some Thanksgiving dinner for some of my relatives that are going to come up to our place. So we got our turkey with a dry brine going on right now. It's just going to be delectable. She's making a bunch of other things as well. It's going to be great. We're having a great time. We're loving life here where I am located, TBD or uh, NDA, non-disclosure agreement I signed recently. Um, Yeah, so, uh, you know, I feel like this week's podcast is kind of boring. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I wish I had more to talk about. Um, I just don't feel like we really do. Things have gotten really interesting. We're going to go over, obviously, some of the the power rankings and the weekly report and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like, I don't know, it's just kind of everything has been dry and boring within this last week. Um, Even the waiver wire, it was busy, but like, I don't know, it like, is Dontrell Hilliard really making us that excited? Is Quandre Oleson making us that happy? Is Matt Breida... I don't think so. I mean, I really, really don't think so. So, I don't know. Um, maybe we could shake up some trades before the trade deadline. Trade deadline coming up in a few weeks, right before the playoffs start. So, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with all of that. Uh, but let's just go ahead and talk news and notes. I do want to start at the top with all the drama that was happening just the other day in the chat. Um, absolutely crazy when you're seeing teams war against one another, you know. I will say that uh, we need to incentivize people calling into the show because I do think that it's absolutely necessary. And always remember, if you are afraid of people hearing your voice because maybe um, you haven't gone through puberty yet or, um, I don't know, you are uh, not wanting to be misgendered, then you can call into the show using a voice changer. Um, You can call in anonymously if you'd like. Um, We're always here for you. And so we want to make sure that you uh, feel comfortable to do so. But we also, we want to all play along. We all want to have fun. We all want to be able to do what we need to do to be able to make this league a home. Not just a league, but a home. A place where you're able to lay your head, where you're able to cuddle up with your nice, warm, soft blanket, the one that you chose specifically, the one that you love more than anything else, the one that brings you comfort. Maybe you haven't even washed in a while. We want to be that warm, calm blanket for you, that home where you're able to enjoy yourself. So call into the show. Let's not call each other names. Let's not attack one another. Even though it was really funny and it's great. We have Sundress and we have Josh Dong and all that kind of stuff. I get it. I know. I understand how that all goes. I'm I'm one of the boys. I like to rib, rib each other right. But let's 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 keep it civil. Let's keep it civil. So um, at the top, uh, let's 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 talk about the hot streaks. No, I'm not talking hot snakes. I'm talking hot streaks. Um, we have a lot of 
kind of crazy hot streaks that have been happening here recently. Um, we have UConn. Uh, let's see how he's won uh, six games in a row. We have Andy Starsky, who's run, won five gamer, games in a row. Then we have Sofa89, who's won four games in a row. These three teams are the up-and-coming teams that have actually now, if the playoffs were to start today, have popped into playoff contention. And so I want to break down a few of these teams, just kind of talk about it. Uh, UConn was one that's not necessarily surprising because his team has been looking better and better over the last few weeks, having Najee Harris and Daryl uh, Henderson, um, Justin Jefferson, Chris Godwin, DJ Moore. You traded for Dalton Schultz here recently, Deontay Johnson. Ever since my comments about him came to light um, and I've retracted them, I do think that he has a really strong team that is going to be able to continue to do what he's doing. He's rightfully number one in this league for a reason. He has a solid running back core. He has a very solid wide receiver core. His quarterback, Matthew Stafford, has been playing well. Um, Dalton Schultz is probably a weak part of the team, but, I mean, he's been playing well this year. I don't really like Dalton Schultz because his name is Dalton, and he is, is super white, but, like, I mean, other than that, he has a great team. He has Noah Fant as well, who I actually really like as a player. I think he's going to make a really deep playoff run. I do. And then we have Andy Starsky, which honestly, like for the very beginning of this league, was kind of the bottom of the barrel in terms of, uh, in terms of I don't know, roster. He still does have four empty bench spots for some unknown reason. Uh, so somehow he's beating people while significantly handicapping himself. And we have no idea why. It's the weirdest thing in the entire world. He also has Cam Akers on the pup, and he's not in his IR spot for some reason anymore. It's just really, really strange. So who knows if he's even alive. I don't know if anybody's checked in on him. But he has Jonathan Taylor, who obviously has been doing absolutely amazing. He has Jamar Chase. He has Miles Boykin in his uh, wide receiver spot. Um, so I don't know why that, that that's happening there. But those two guys and Josh Allen, when Josh Allen is actually having a good week, puts him into an upper echelon. Now, I don't want to spoil anything for my predictions. I do think he gets stopped this week by the Sims. Next, I want to talk about Sofa89. Ever since Sofa89 put out a hit on his community and essentially warned everybody that he was going to be going on a spree, he's actually been playing really, really well. That seemed to adjust his players' attention and focus as he's kind of gone forward. And the biggest pickup that's really kind of shaped and changed his team was Devonta Freeman. Devonta Freeman's been playing way better recently. They cut ties with Le'Veon Bell, so that kind of helped him get a little bit more space there. Derek Carr has been playing better than he normally has in years past. But the Devonta Freeman signing helped fill in the gap for the uh, for the injury that he experienced with Alvin Kamara this year. You know, uh, Alvin Kamara was playing well. He also had Melvin Gordon on his roster, so he has. This really great front-loaded team that I do think obviously could maybe make him a contender to repeat as the Super Bowl winner of last year. And I do think he's going to go far. This was really, the writing was on the wall. And if we really wanted to keep him out of playoff contention, I think that we needed to put him down. Um, not actually put him down, obviously. Uh, but we needed to... Uh, to put more losses in the beginning of the season. But he's now coming up. I... I don't know. I, I really find it hard to believe that he's going to continue to lose this year. I mean, next week he has, he has Super Cam this week, which is a hard matchup. He has all the Kings men next week, 
which he could win. And then the week after that, he has maybe his Rabeline, which I think is probably a win. And then we're in the playoffs. So I do think that he's going to end up making the playoffs. So we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with that right there. Uh now, another thing I do want to address, these teams are on the come up and doing really, really well, but one team that has played below expectation and has actually been very, very disappointing is A. Varner. A. Varner started the season with uh, high, high expectations, and he's lost seven in a row. He doesn't really have that bad of a team, but they have been playing well below what they actually should be playing. And, uh, I mean, he has Josh Jacobs. He has um, Ramondre Stevenson, D.K. Metcalf. T. Higgins. He has, he has a great team, but they've just been losing over and over and over again. I think if I were him, I know he has a lot of great players, and maybe he's playing for pride at this point. I would just tank the rest of the year. He has a chance right now to be able to get that first overall pick, but uh, but he, I don't know, he keeps trying to fight for whatever reason. So he's 3-8. and eight. We'll see what ends up happening. Lost seven in a row, like I said. I think that he highly should consider tanking the rest of the way. Um, but whoa, whoa, wait. Breaking news. What? Oh, my goodness. There is uh, breaking news according to ESPN. A. Warner's head coach is actually wanted for indecent exposure after publicly defecating at a Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, my goodness. Reports say that he went to a Chuck E. Cheese, drank too much Sprite, to the point of intoxication, and then uh, ate so much pizza that it ended up having his bowels move the wrong direction, and he actually ended up defecating outside the Chuck E. Cheese. Cops were called, man, seven losses in a row, plus an arrest for indecent exposure. I don't know. they got to really begin to think about changing over head coach there, maybe doing a shakeup in the organization, because that is, that is abysmal. That is bad. That is not a good look. You, sorry, that was disgusting. Um, if you want to continue to put forward that kind of image for this organization, go ahead. I don't. I think there needs to be complete turnover. I think that there needs to be a gutting of the staff. I think there needs to be players traded away. Begin to think about next year. Stop thinking about this year and go to rehab. What are we doing in Chuck E. Cheese? Pooping at Chuck E. Cheese outside in front of everyone? You gotta be kidding me. More heartbreak, but not as intense of heartbreak as that was, uh, is Josh Long's team. This is a team, uh, maybe it's Rabeline, who I actually like a lot, but he's just experienced a lot of really weird, really close losses, and also just kind of a strange, like players not putting up um, and matching expectation as they should, like A.J. Brown. He's been getting hurt. He hasn't really been playing as well as you'd think. A lot of people had him as the wide receiver one on the season for this year, and he hasn't really showed up. He has Tyler Lockett, who is very hit or miss. Um, and he also has Russell Wilson, who obviously has also been hit or miss because of his injuries, and also they've just been playing really, really bad. He has Zeke Elliott, who is great. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, who dealing with an injury here recently as well. He has Travis Kelsey. He has a great team, but he's 5-6. and six. I think there is a chance that he can rebound, and we'll see what ends up happening. But he has a really tough schedule ahead. He has Super Cam in Week 13, and then he has Sofa 89 in Week 14. This week he has uh, All the King's Men, which should be a close matchup as well. I feel for the guy. I feel for the guy. But we're going to end up hearing a little bit more from him in this show here soon. 
Well, before we get into the weekly report, I do want to get into my ad for this week, and it's very timely because of Thanksgiving, and that is sweet potato casserole. Sweet potato casserole, we want to thank for putting on this show. Hey, each year, my family begs me to make this creamy baked dish every Thanksgiving and Christmas. What makes it so good is the pumpkin, or sorry, the pecan topping. Try it, and and I'm sure it will become your new tradition. Uh, In reviews, Melissa, a very well-renowned mom, said, superb, this was her review, superb, okay, I changed some things, added some things, made it much better. I'm from Louisiana, so I grew up eating sweet potatoes year-round, but holiday time always means sweet potato casserole. This is the one close to how my granny and mom made it. I use three baked potatoes. I often double the recipe. For a single recipe, I cut the sugar down to a fourth a cup, and I double the vanilla up to one teaspoon. I use evaporated milk instead of regular milk, and I add one teaspoon of cinnamon, a quarter teaspoon of ground clove, and ground nutmeg. For the topping, I double the recipe, even on this single recipe. Does that make sense? LOL, enjoy. Melissa, I think that you're spot on. Potato casserole is the goat of all side dishes at Thanksgiving. So you know what? I know it's we're really close. We're a day away from Thanksgiving, but turn around, go to the grocery store, pick yourself up some sweet potato casserole. You'll love it. Your stomach will love it. Your family will love it. Pecan casserole, not pecan casserole, sweet potato casserole. Love it. Try it. Enjoy it. Thank yourself for this Thanksgiving. All right, let's get into the weekly report. I actually have to go back pretty far into the chat here. There was so much that happened. Okay. Weekly report. Okay, the top team from this past week was UConn. No surprise there. 165 points scored by UConn. The poopiest team of the week was Tank for Ritter. Really pooped the bed at 58 points. Uh, literally got outscored 110 points by the best team in UConn. This is something that has happened over and over again this year, and we're going to see continue to go forward. Tank for Ritter, you need to tank really, really bad. At quarterback, or this, at players of the week for this week, um, at quarterback we have Justin Herbert, who seemed to really come back and play well. He uh, scored 35 points against Pittsburgh. At running back, we have uh, Jonathan Taylor, who scored 53 points. He looks absolutely amazing. I would be insanely depressed if I was anybody that actually traded for him or traded him away last year around this exact same time. At wide receiver, we have Justin Jefferson, started by... UConn, just a shootout in Green Bay that he ended up scoring 37 points. And then at tight end, we have Andy Starsky. Zach Ertz is coming back. Uh, he seems to be doing well. I mean, he also played the sucky Seahawks, who only and he scored 28 points. For bench warmers of the week, these are guys that you should have started, but you left on your bench. We have Aaron Rodgers scoring 33 points against Minnesota. Crazy. This one's a little bit interesting at running back bench warmer of the week. It's Saquon Barkley. Wasn't started by Rob Cut. Only scored 11 points. It's kind of crazy to me that that's the bench warmer of the week. Normally it's like way more points, but I guess we all started great running backs. Or it shows you how just thin the running back position actually is. At wide receiver, uh, Ghost of Darnold's Pass did not start Elijah Moore, who's very up and coming. He scored 29 points. And then Dr. Cornwallis did not start uh, Adam Troutman, who scored almost 17 points at 
the tight end position, but he is now out with an MCL injury. So rest up, Adam Troutman. We all love you. The most efficient manager of the week was UConn with 165 points. He scored almost all of the points that he possibly could have scored or was projected to score. The least efficient manager was, uh, I believe it was Dr. Cornwallis, who only scored 69 points out of the possible 104 points that he could have. He's, uh, I think, trending towards tanking right now. He doesn't have a solid running back core, but I believe that will change next year. He has a great wide receiver core, so he really will be able to build going forward. The highest points in a loss was Sundra SJ against Dr. Cornwallis, and this is also going to be our narrowest victory. Uh, Dr. Cornwallis beat Sundra SJ by 0. .50 points, basically. Like, super, super close one. It was crazy. If you're really following along that game, that's just a really heartbreaking loss for Sundra SJ, the Simps, who had a chance to be able to dethrone UConn at that number one spot. Lowest points in the loss was Zeb Greenfield, or All the King's Men, scoring 102 points, but he played all uh, Ghost of Darrell's pass, so he was able to win. He was the least efficient manager of the week. The biggest blowout was Super Cam scoring almost 100 points more than Rob Cut, which is crazy. The overachiever was Andy Starsky. Jonathan Taylor helped him be propelled forward with 155 points, where he scored should have scored only 115 points. Absolutely cray-cray, OMG. All right, let's get into power rankings, and then let's wrap this thing up. Uh, for power rankings, power rankings. At the top, doesn't change, all the same. We have UConn, number one. Don't really need to explain it a ton. I've already explained it enough. He has the best record, and he's going to be sitting at number one. At number two, I have sent the Simps. This is, once again, probably pretty obvious, but... Um, he has a great team. I, he's seven and four, which is I don't think that his record really portrays how great his team actually is. He's gotten healthy. The only thing that I am a little bit nervous for him on is his running back core. If I remember correctly, he only has Zach Moss outside of uh, outside of Christian McCaffrey. And oh, sorry, he has James Robinson as well. See, so that, that is not too bad. And AJ Dillon. And never mind, I was completely and utterly wrong. So he has, a, he has a lot of really great running backs. So never mind. He's going to be able to go forward and do well. I do think that he has a chance of being able to win it all. At number three, I have Sofa King Couch. Uh, Sofa King Couch. Uh, continues to go forward. Continues to do well. I, th I think this is a little bit of a deviation from the media's power rankings because of the fact that he is 6-5, and five, and that's uh, you know within the hunt of all the other 6-5 and five guys. But I think that his team is going to be good enough to really do well going forward. He has the most points against, or one of the most points against, um, on this year. So we'll see. I think that he's going to continue to do really big things and do really, really well. At number four, I have Super Cam. Great team. Loaded at running back. Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, and Austin Eckler. All great players. All big weeks. All going to do big things going forward. And then at number five, I have Andy Starsky. I think that he's going to... Continue to do well with Jonathan Taylor in that spot. I think that his trio of Jonathan Taylor, Jamar Chase, and uh, Josh Allen can win him weeks. Those five, I think, are the five that, number one, will make the playoffs, and then number two, do the most damage. I don't know which one is going to end up being the Super Bowl winner or in the Super Bowl. could be any in any given week. But those five, I think, might be locked in. I think we're all fighting actually for the sixth spot and these are the teams that i think are fighting for the sixth spot kind of going forward 
At number six, I have all the King's men. All the King's men uh, won last week. I think they have a chance to make a playoff push for that sixth seed. We'll see what ends up happening, but I'm at number six. At number seven, I have Swift Gibson. Now, I do think that Swift Gibson is going to be able to uh, make some noise if he gets healthy. DeAndre Hopkins is coming back for after the bye week. He's been out the last few weeks. He's going to really help him at the wide receiver position. And then Aaron Jones as well. He's back at practice. I think that he probably rests this week, but then he'll be back the next week. If he can survive Tank for Ritter this week, I think that he can make a push to uh, win the next two weeks and get into the playoffs. But it's going to be a battle between him, all the Kings men, and maybe it's Vrabeline. But we'll see. And that's who I actually have at number eight. Maybe it's Vrabeline. He's had a lost streak. He's five and six. He's going to have to really climb himself out of the hole. But I do think that he's going to be able to. He has a great team. I think they're going to be able to do really well. At number nine, I have Dr. Cornwallis. Dr. Cornwallis is in kind of a weird spot where he is a kind of a contender and he could win any given week, but he's also sitting on the outside looking in at five and six. Uh, he can disrupt a lot of teams. I don't know if he'll make the playoffs this year, but he has a great team going forward. Ghost of Journal's pass sits at four and seven. Very similar vein. Great wide receiver core. Obviously doesn't really have a running back core. That's something he's going to probably work on come next year. But I do think that he's going to be able to continue to shake up and maybe win a couple of games this, this year. He's also in contention for that number one pick, but we'll see. At number 11, I have Avarner. We've already talked enough about him. I do think that he needs to stop trying to continue to win, and he needs to just, he needs to just try to do whatever he can to get that number one overall pick. As much as Tank for Ritter might want to, who knows, Tank for Ritter might want to try to win, and you know that one win couldn't end up ultimately you know, being the difference maker. But we'll see. We'll see, see if he's going to recover from this Chuck E. Cheese kerfuffle or not. At number 12, I have Tank for Ritter. I kind of already explained it, but that's where we are at with that. So that's my power rankings. Love them, hate them. You can if you want. Give me your thoughts if you like. But that's where we sit and stand. I'm going to go into my predictions real quick, and then we're going to take a call from maybe it's Vrabeline. But at the very top, I have Swift Gibson versus Tank for Ritter. I think that Swift Gibson wins this one, but I do think this could be an upset. Swift Gibson's uh, coach is going to be super, super, super anxious about every given week this, these upcoming weeks. So we'll see what ends up happening there. We have Ghosts of Darnold's Pass versus UConn. I think that this is uh, probably just going to be UConn. He's going to continue that win streak. We have Dr. Cornwallis versus A. Varner. Now, it's going to be interesting to see if A. Varner ends up actually trying to win this one. If he does, very foolishly, I actually think he could probably win this game. He has a lot of his players coming back healthy, and we could see that end up happening for him. At uh, We have All the Kings men versus maybe it's Vrabeline. This is a really interesting matchup. And it's actually my matchup of the week. No, it's not. Never mind. But uh, I think this is going to be so close. But I do think maybe it's Vrabeline gets right here and finally wins after his three-game loss streak. But we shall see. We have the Simps at Andy Starsky. Um, I think this is when Andy Starsky's win streak ends. He is starting Zach Ertz so far, who is not playing. And he's also starting Miles Boykin, who um, is Probably just a dead player, honestly. But if he might switch out Cooper Cup, and that will help him severely. But we also don't know if Andy Starsky's alive because I think he started someone that was ineligible last week. At the last game is Sofa 89 versus Supercam. I think this is going to be an absolutely 
amazing, amazing game right here. Um, I think that this is Sailfa 89's game. He has better matchups across the board. Um, I think that he's going to be, he, yeah, I think he ends up pulling this one out. I think this is his game here. But that's going to be a really close one. That's going to be a really great one, I believe, as well. All right, let's go ahead and take a call in, and then let's wrap this thing up. I just want to start off by saying that I know you have a lot of questions. I won't be taking any questions from you, the media. This is the Josh Long head coach. All I have to say is that this team, this group of gentlemen, have been through the ringer these past three weeks. And I'm proud of them. I am proud as heck of these boys, my boys. And I don't care what you have to say about our five and six record. Yeah, we're five and six. But in my mind, this is a group of winners. These guys have played their tails off, and I could not be more proud. Lastly, I just want to address the spite, the anger that was voiced around the league towards this team, namely the GM, for a trade that, quite frankly, was beneficial to both parties. I don't have much to say, but I'll say... If you gentlemen were in my shoes, you would have done the same freaking thing. Okay? I know there's also been a lot of concern about my son. The play, Christmas shoes. He's doing okay. He's back in the musical, back in the theater. I got him into some sports. He's doing fine. I appreciate your concern, but we're all going to pull through. And the last thing I'll say is this five and six record, it means nothing. Still a lot of football left to play, boys. Thanks. That's all. Thank you for the call. Maybe it's Vrabeline. I really greatly appreciate that. You know what? I respect you for what you, you said. I really respect that. You're right. There is a lot of football left. There's a ton of football left. For us to think that you're out, or anyone to think, I'm not thinking that, but if for anyone to think that you're out of contention, that's not correct. It's great to hear about the fact that your son's doing better, that he's back in, getting involved in different sports and all that kind of stuff. I, yeah, and I would agree with you. Like anyone in your spot would have made that same call on the trade. So you know what? Shut up, anyone that thinks differently. Shut up. You know what? I think 
maybe if Rayleigh makes a run. I think that his team is going to rally around him right now, that his belief in his players is going to give him a run. Three-game loss streak? No. Three-game win streak. He's going to come back better than ever, and we're going to see him really contend for that sixth seed, and maybe we'll see some teams lose out so that he's going to be able to get in. I believe, and maybe it's Ray Bellin. Thanks for the call, and I greatly appreciate it. Greatly appreciate it. Well, uh, one matchup that I want to make sure that you guys are watching and that you see this week uh, is Ghost of Darnold's Pass versus UConn. I really think that that's going to be a really interesting one. Now, this was already talked about in the chat a little bit, but this is a rematch of week one in which we saw maybe it's Ray Valine, or I'm sorry, sorry not, uh, Ghost of Darnold's Pass actually almost win this one. Or actually, they did win this one. It's one of the two losses for UConn. And so... I think his team may end up playing up to standard. They may end up really wanting to put their best foot forward, and I think they end up winning. So, um, Or I don't actually. End up, I think that this one could be close. Let's see. I think they're going to put it all on the line. They're going to make sure that they're able to pull this one out, and we're going to see them do well. Well, anyway, i got to continue with my Thanksgiving making and all that fun, so I'm going to go ahead and jump on off. But you all have a great week. Happy Thanksgiving, and enjoy your day.